Hi, and welcome to my podcast. I'm your host, Jason, and you found a fun and secret time capsule from my baby son. Each episode, I sit down and chat with a special guest about friendships, pop culture, parenting, and whatever strikes my fancy. Really, the end goal is to make sure that when my son does eventually discover this, he's thoroughly embarrassed. In the meantime, I'm not quite sure where each episode or where the show is going, but getting there should be half the fun. All right. Well, hello and welcome to Half the Fun Podcast. Uh, I am your regular host, Jason, and I am joined by my semi-regular co-host, Allison. Hello, hello. Allison, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. I'm on glass three of wine, so <laughs> everything is blissful from this moment on. Uh, you mentioned to me that uh, we haven't been doing our proper sponsorship, so yeah. which uh, wine is sponsoring us tonight? So we have a sweet red wine, Manzano, made in New Mexico, which I don't think I've ever really drank wine from New Mexico. I didn't even knew they made wine in New Mexico. Yeah. If ever we have a guest from New Mexico, we need to ask them about their wine. But it's delicious and I love it. Yeah, and we are joined by a super special guest um, that I will let Allison introduce. Yeah, we're joined uh, today by Helen, who is a friend of mine from high school. We met when we were 14, 15, and have been friends ever since. So, Helen, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is fun. Yeah. Excited. And uh, what wine are you drinking, I should ask? Um, Mine came out of a box. <laughs> Love it. And I, I do that. There's actually a reason I do that. Yeah. And it's because like, honestly, with two kids, I can't guarantee being able to go through a full bottle and, or that a full bottle will be enough. And I feel like yeah. a box gives me the flexibility yes. to adjust in an evening <laughs> as needed. No, I completely agree. We discovered box wine too. After yeah. Wes was born. Yeah. For the same reason, because sometimes we just needed a glass, and then sometimes yeah. after three, we needed And you more. don't want to know how many bottles of wine you've got. No, through. you don't. It's preserved, <laughs> like, there's some anonymity, and, like, yeah. actually had. Um, and I only buy it from pretentious places, so I feel like yeah. I'm buying good wine. So I'm yeah. like, a boxed wine from, like, Whole Foods or New Season. Right, right. That it feels Makes good. you feel yeah. better about yourself. Yeah. For sure. So, yeah. uh, so that's okay. who's sponsoring me tonight. Excellent. And tell us a little bit about yourself uh, for, um, for our audience. Okay, yeah. So I um, uh, I live in Portland. I Allison and I met in high school, as she said. Um, I have been a teacher for the last 10 years. Um, I am married. I have two children. They're six and three. Marianne is six and Charlie is three. Um, I'm actually on a leave of absence this year, so I'm not teaching this year. And um, I don't know. I'm complicated, so I'm not sure where to end in my introduction, but no that, that should do it. That's yeah. a good summary. That is a great yeah. summary. We'll, we'll get into the interesting <laughs> nature. Yeah. Uh, I am really excited to sit down and chat with you, Helen, yeah. uh, virtually, um, because of a lot of the, the hats you wear, both in terms of someone that knew Allison uh, in childhood, so someone who knew her both in high school and as a, as a single person, um, and definitely continue your friendship after after college as well. Yeah. Um, as uh, also as someone as a teacher and there's a lot of teachers in my life. So I'm uh, really excited to talk to you a little bit more about some of your unique philosophies in terms of, of being a teacher, but also as someone who um, is also a 
a parent um, and uh, juggles yeah. multiple children and then also someone who um, has recently been a stay-at-home parent. So I feel like there's a lot of intersectionality <laughs> Oh my God, there. I'm exhausted just listening I, to all the things Helen has to do. Yeah. I know. I so there's a lot of intersectionality there that sounds very yeah. tiring. Yeah, and she did graduate school on top of all that. I know. So yeah. I did. Well, I was pregnant with Charlie and I finished yeah. when he was six months old. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, um, it was. So I, I mean, I always knew when Allison and I started dating that you were a very important person in her life. Um, but I, I am really excited that we can kind of formally sit down and really talk a little bit more about this friendship, um, okay. which um, usually these things can, you kind of skim over because like you want to catch up, but we're going to get to the bottom of this. I'm hey. very excited. Um, <laughs> so how did you how did you folks become friends in high school or what are some like a yeah. clear early defining memory of, Oh, we, we're going to be good friends. Okay. That, you know what? I was thinking about that when I was listening to the podcast with Diana, because I don't think there is like necessarily that moment. You might disagree, Allison, because high school is like fluid like that. Mm-hmm. Like, but definitely high school theater is what like brought us together. And then I feel like there was just, there just became a time when I realized I was like every weekend was of course going to be with Allison. Yeah. And every, think, like, yeah, it was definitely high school theater. And for me, I think it started with the Saturday work parties for theater. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. Cause we yeah. started working together on those Saturday projects. Yeah. And there was one specifically for, was it Oklahoma? Or, no, no, no. I, I don't know. And like, no, it was way earlier than that. It was because it was yeah. our freshman or sophomore year. But we were putting up a sign, and oh, the yeah. title of the sign ended in the words "To me." Yeah, I don't yeah. Even remember how and, it began. And we, it was it was like "Listen to me," but we didn't because we wanted to fit on the board. We didn't leave a space between the two and the me because we didn't. Yeah. We're like, it won't look weird because obviously it's two words. But right, you're right. I know where you're going with this. You can yeah. finish it. <laughs> and like the T and the M were capitalized, but they were so close together. It, it looked, looked like, like the name li- Tomei or something. Listen, Tomei. And so <laughs> we were rolling on the floor. We were hysterical about listen, Tomei. And, and- I feel like people no one else thought it was no that work parties. I mean, there's a reason why I think a lot of those like theater friendships do last because those are intense, long days. Like you might be at the school for eight hours, maybe longer if you're close to the show opening. So I I have to assume that we were in like the eighth or 10th hour of Of like, of course, and we were hysterical. We were probably sniffing markers unintentionally. Right, right. I remember like drawing lines on the side of a set and realizing that like this, I think I'm high. Yeah. And like, Um, for some reason, that memory always sticks with me. And anytime I see the words to me right next to each other, I I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, no, I think that we just like got each other's like sense of humor. And I mean, really you, because I wasn't part of theater freshman year. You did theater. Bonnie, I think brought you in to the theater world. And I didn't know you as well. And then you guys convinced me to come down and like, check this out. I think Bonnie did because she and Mm -hmm. I knew each other from middle school. And um, yeah, and I was hooked. Yeah. And we got to hang out a lot. 97, I think. It was. Yeah. 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 Wow. That probably would have been in the night because definitely like sophomore year, we graduated too. It must have been Camelot, the musical Camelot. Yes. Really. It must have. Yes. Yes. Camelot. Camelot. <laughs> oh my gosh. The last team of the May, those giant hats. Yes. The, the very large pointy hats. <sighs> and then 
um, I think our French, I mean, so we went through kind of an interesting thing if we bring the theater thing in. It's weird because I feel like our, I haven't revisited the high school stuff in my mind in a long time because our friendship is definitely based on so much more since then. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, our junior year, our theater director who'd been an institution at the school died right after the showing, the closing of two big shows, Sunrise mm -hmm. Campobello and The Glass Menagerie. And I think that that, I think it, we were juniors that year and I think mm -hmm. it affected our class in a unique way because the seniors finished out the year and then they were gone and mm -hmm. the freshmen and the sophomores hadn't spent as much time with her. They mm -hmm. hadn't like established like leadership mm -hmm. roles under Miss Coburn, but we as the juniors were kind of left in this, like we still had another year to put in and we had had this vision of what it was going to look like and suddenly everything was different. And I think that, I do think that that brought us like closer as a group. Yeah, yeah. Because I had gotten really close to Miss Coburn, our theater director, yeah. through Sunrise at Campobello, and then Where, which Allison played Eleanor Roosevelt. I feel like everyone should know. Like, it was an amazing. She was. She was the. Yes. Lead. Yeah. But uh, and I've admired Eleanor Roosevelt ever since. But then yeah. Helen was working very closely and working very hard on Glass Menagerie. Yeah, through that assistant, and so the region, yeah, as assistant director. No. Yeah, and it was, I don't know, like it was, it was very much a, a huge part of our lives to yeah. put so much work mm -hmm. into these two shows, yeah. uh, and working that foundation and looking up to Miss Coburn as this yeah. role model, and she pushed us and challenged us so much, and then when she passed away, just a I think it was like the, the two days after the yeah the show, the the show closed. closed like Glass Menagerie closed on a Saturday night and we came into school Monday and got yeah the word she was yeah, yeah she passed away Sunday night yeah oh and wow so it just hit us like a brick wall wow so. I re actually I don't know if you remember I we were in that stupid world literature class mm -hmm. I Miss Stewart might be listening sorry Miss yeah right now. yeah um <laughs> and I just remember because she I you know I look back now she I think was close with his Coburn and she made the announcement to the class and said if anyone needs to leave you can I just remember we looked at each other without saying a word and we both stood up and mm -hmm. and headed out and down yeah. to yeah. to Jay Hall um we didn't have to to say anything we just knew that we needed to get out of there so yeah so but then from that you know those those are there was just so many good there's just so many good times and all that. I don't want to, yeah. you know, the Miss Cobra's death definitely yeah. was shaping for us. But I just, I just, my memories of us in high school is just a lot of laughing. Yeah. Like the listen to me, just a lot of, and we, I think we got to, we got to do our own thing. Allison and I weren't, we weren't partiers. We weren't looking for the big Saturday night thing. We were totally happy, like, making a batch of cookies, yeah. never like got to cookie form, eating no, it in cookie dough form, cookie dough and board putting games. on contact for like the eighth time. Yeah. Like, we were the very innocent high school kid yeah. that yeah. just loved And, and, and at the same time, like, because you had an older sister, you were like introducing me to like movies I hadn't seen or I just like, you were like, to me, I was like, oh, Alison knows so many cool things. Oh, like, I never knew that. Yeah. You were like, this is some cool music or like, this is, well, you don't know who Janet Jackson is? I was like, no, I don't. Like, <laughs> but then at the same time, you're like, and this is a tape of this acapella group from my sister's college. And we like listen to it all the time. And now I can't, I really can't listen to acapella music that much, but like, we loved it. Yeah. They did like the little mermaid and we thought it was just the best. Oh, I'll talk about it.
That's yeah. Lovely. Oh my god. Yeah, it was like for that your did happen. That yeah. did happen. It was a cassette tape for sure. Right. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I want to d- dive into a little subject that. Um, so I know that Allison, you lived with Helen your senior year. That's true. Um, yeah. Do you? I mean, how did that come about? I mean, I know the reasons for like why you yeah. moved out of, of your I, dad's place. I'd love to hear it because I don't know that we've really rehashed this very much or come about this, but I remember I was having a very difficult relationship with my dad and he was going through a bunch of very difficult things and I was in my teenage years and also just, we didn't have a very good relationship. There was conflict. Yeah. There was conflict and... I really felt the need to get out of that house. And I looked to Helen's family as like, not that they were perfect, but they were very cohesive and supportive and loving. And I remember talking to Helen about um, what was going on between my father and I, and she was saying how her, especially her dad had gone through difficulties with his own family. And I'm not sure at what point Helen talked to her parents about it all. But at some point she said, you know, like my parents told me that if you ever really need help, you know, just, just let us know we're willing to help out. And then there was one weekend where my dad and I kind of blew up at each other and my dad in the heat of the moment um, said something along the lines of, well, you need to do these things I'm asking of you or you either need to like pay rent because like he wanted me to help out in ways I was not ready or wanting to do and resentful of. And, um, and so he kind of made that ultimatum for me to decide from. And I think he didn't really think I would really do anything about it. And then I, I think I, was so upset I talk, was talking to Helen and she talked to her parents and then said, if you want to come live with us, you can. And I was 18 at the time. So I just, my dad had left for the weekend and I just packed up all my shit and of which there was not that much, <laughs> but um, I packed up a lot of stuff and moved into Helen's house. And I think that was like yeah, April, Helen, yeah. May of mm-hmm. 2000. Yeah, it was, it was, I remember it was around spring shows. Um, no, I just, I just remember going to my parents and just saying, um, without going into too much detail, but just Allison may need a place to stay. And I just remember them, like, I remember just not being sure how to bring it up, but I just was sitting with them and they were like, she can be here any, anytime. We're just ready. Like, I just remember just kind of sitting there like, whoa, even then I kind of knew that that was not the reaction that necessarily every family would have. Yeah. Um, and it was, it felt really good to be able to offer that because I think like, as you were watching my family and seeing it be really cohesive, it was really hard for me to comprehend the way things were falling apart in your own home because I wasn't living with that all the time, mm-hmm. but I knew that it, it just wasn't right that like you shouldn't have to be in that situation and that we had the space. And plus like, from the 18 year old perspective, it's like, and my best friend could be in my house. Yeah. Yeah. Like there was, I don't think, I think later I understood more probably the like more serious nature of it. But in the moment it was like, yeah, we just, she just needs a place. And I didn't, I don't think I even thought about what it might look like to your dad or to anything else. I was really just thinking about you. And, um, so yeah, so you came and. Yeah. And I think about it now, like as a parent now, 
like how how did that feel to my dad or to to your parents helen um i don't know i feel like at the time i thought it was a very generous offer but now i feel like wow what an amazing gesture of generosity and love to say hello other child like come into our house and that might bring a lot of problems with it and complications and just how amazing that that yeah that offer was and it meant the world to me and and really introduced me to what a, a family could be um or you know what what differences there are um in different families um, so that that was yeah really an eye-opening change for me. Yeah, I, um, yeah, it was, I just think it was what needed to happen. And so mm-hmm. we made it happen. And, um, and of course my sister was here. And so yeah. like, it was really like the three of us, I think, um, Emily felt really close to you. And I think probably, especially because of that mm-hmm. time, um, you weren't just like her big sister's friend. I think she really thought of you as like an equal. <laughs> Emily <laughs> always thought of my friends as like her equal. Yeah. 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 Um, your parents ever talk about it now at all? Of like, I, not a lot. Um, I think, you know, my dad just doesn't rehash the past much and mm-hmm. my mom is just quiet. Yeah. But um, she, she did like, like when you guys were getting, when she, when you guys were getting married and mm-hmm. she was so happy to come to the wedding and she said, she'll say things a lot like, it's just, there, I can't think of anyone more deserving to find happiness. Or I, I'm just uh-huh. so glad that she's found her place. And I know that, it's that is her expression of this like feeling of like kind of maternal mm-hmm. love for you mm-hmm. that she just really cares for you. And I mm-hmm. think, um, I think that it comes a lot from that time that she probably my parents could actually see better the situation you were really in than I could mm-hmm. at that time that they were looking at it, you know, from a, from a higher, from higher up and just with a better perspective. And so I think, in some ways she probably had a deeper understanding. And so she, she really feels, she really feels great joy when she sees you finding joy. Um, yeah, she, she really does. Yeah. That's wonderful. Your parents are amazing people. They're, they're pretty awesome. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Too. I'm letting them move into my backyard in an 80. <laughs> yeah. so I hope we get along. <laughs> oh, yay, yay. So how long did you just live with Helen's family for the summer then? Or Well, it was, yeah. So that, And you came back between like freshman yeah. and sophomore year of college, right? Yeah. So it was like this six or eight weeks until graduation, but then I stayed there longer through the summer before I moved to college. And at some point, my father and I like settled or rehashed. Cause I remember my dad helped me move to college. Yeah. He kind of um, came and helped with that. Yeah. 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 So we were able to settle a few things, um, but I did live. And then I came back the next summer as well. I should mention one thing. Allison did not come to our house alone. She came with her cat, Cece, <laughs> which may have been one of the things my mom loved. <laughs> that big fat orange cat was very endeared <laughs> in this house. For a Jason can commiserate because I also brought an it's orange cat into our relationship. Cece, though, was so special. And so even when you went to school, Cece stayed That's true. with Cece us. Cece stayed forever. Cece was with us. Cece lived out the rest of his life in the Campbell house. So, Aww. Oh, my God. I can't believe they took me and the cat in. <laughs> he seems awesome. He seems That's awesome. Yes. 
so to steer back a little bit away from 9-11 and right. see, <laughs> see, see, <laughs> yeah. okay. oh, fun. sorry and my dad's story of like racing across the country that's not what we're here for well it's, it's a good story now it's preserved forever on your it's podcast so. it'll be a deleted <laughs> scene don't worry um <laughs> so you two went to different places for college and mm-hmm. not yeah. close at all um no, how did how did can you describe how your friendship ebbed and flowed it during that time or when did it you feel like it did it like really reestablish again just because college changes folks a lot mm-hmm. in general yeah. right yeah. yeah i'll let helen um let's see yeah so i went out to montana state i i should i'm gonna just say that i feel like i'm starting to learn i may not have the best memory of everyone because things kind of run together but um i feel like like i remember being i remember kind of i had to learn how to talk on the phone to my friends and my family. Cause I'd never done that. Um, I remember it being weird with my sister, but I, I do definitely have memories of chatting with Allison from like my dorm room phone on the wall. Oh yeah. Yeah. Kids, uh-huh. kids yeah. that are listening, they had cords that attached them. So you had to like physically be in the room with them, with the phone. Um, and I remember when like Oregon state won the civil war, freshman mm-hmm. year mm-hmm. and I was watching from a, like the little tv in a dorm room and I remember calling you and you were like Woo-hoo! it happened and like I just remember that was kind of like a fun like shared yeah. experience for those of us um, not from Oregon the civil war is when Oregon State and Oregon faced each other in football it was not they did not, not transport back in time <laughs> it's true they, they did not see from the union just uh, and, sorry for yeah um yeah. and like it was a big deal because like Oregon State never wins right. and yeah. So that that was fun. Um, did you ever come out to Bozeman? I did. I think you I did, came right? out um, our junior year. Was it junior? I flew out. Uh, I think it could have been another year, but I came out for spring break, and it ended up snowing. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I was like, what? Like this is spring break. Why am I in Montana? Yeah. And it's snowing, and I think my flight got. <laughs> delayed getting there by like yeah. a day um, and it was such it's such an arduous journey to get there and I was like this yeah. is ridiculous yeah Montana yeah Bozeman a little snow in May and in June for yeah. sure yeah yeah um so I feel like our friendships definitely became more about the times we were home mm-hmm. um well and I'll share a little bit I don't know I, if really I've ever like- actually admitted this to Helen but I had a hard time with our friendship in college, but not because we like weren't good friends during that time, Mm -hmm. but Helen had, or at least it seemed from my perspective, had like a really an amazing undergrad experience. Like she met all these, yeah, she met a lot of these fantastic friends that were really supportive. And just whenever I called her and talked to her, she seemed to be having so much fun and all these people and um, Mm -hmm. there's so much to talk about. And I really struggled in undergrad to connect with really anyone. Um, And I didn't have those strong connections and it was really difficult or lonely to be on the other side of those conversations sometimes. So I felt like a little bit in the first year or two, especially that I felt a little distant from you. I remember, I guess I did come to Corvallis a few times mm-hmm. of that terrible house that eventually was torn yes, down. And, yes. and I do just remember like you were trying so hard to connect with this group of, of girls that you kind of got thrown into cause they were mm-hmm. your um, roommates. The right. freshman year, you know, right. right. And, um, and I just remember being like, this isn't, 
my tribe. Like, and I was like, and I don't know if it's necessarily Allison's either. Like, and, and I definitely, I think by like the, especially the end of the time, like junior or senior year, I could really Mm -hmm. see that like freshman, sophomore year, I was so focused on like trying to figure out my life yeah, and, goes in course, and like, yeah. right. Like as you were, and mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know, just find the right people. Like just make the right friends. But, um, <laughs> I would say, yeah, I see you pouring another glass of wine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it definitely, we definitely had really different undergrad experience yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. for sure. Um, and I, and I did, I made lifelong friends in those mm-hmm. years for mm-hmm. sure. I mean, people mm-hmm. that, um, I'm so glad like, and during the wedding, like you got to hang with Whitney and Jen yeah. some more. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was definitely a different experience for each of us. What I remember later. So this was years later after undergrad. Um, I guess I should rewind a little bit. So (laughs) I hate to admit it, but Helen and I were so close in high school that we decided to take (laughs) some of our senior pictures together. We did. We did a senior picture session together. Yes. Adorbs with like matching French braids. Yes. It was adorbs. Yeah. And um, you've shown me a bunch of other photos, but you haven't shown me this. No, I don't think I have. I don't think this has ever come up before. Rude. But um, so there was there was one where like Helen and I. I I will admit we look back to back. We're back to back. It almost almost looked like a prom picture where like. Helen's hands were on my shoulder and we were smiling and we looked really adorable. Uh, and Helen, as a end of high school gift, um, very nicely got an eight by 10 of one of these photos framed for me. And it, it meant so much to me. And I took it to college with me and had it in my dorm room. And later my roommate was like, for like six months, I thought you were a lesbian. (laughs) You have this picture of you and Helen. And I thought for sure you guys were together because you look so happy. (laughs) Anyway, so I had this photo. I think a lot of people learned in high school, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. sure. (laughs) I don't care. And then, (laughs) neither do I. I'd be honored. (laughs) Me too. So... So I had this picture forever and I, it always went with me, um, wherever I moved to, cause I, I did really love it. And then I think it wasn't until vet school where I was living with, with Lisa and had made Which many good friends great. at that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm not even sure how it came up, but Helen over the phone, I think I was just having a really tough day with vet school. Uh, and she was like, oh, do you know that photo that I gave you that frame? Do you still have it? I was like, of course I still have it. And she's like, oh, you know, after we're done talking, you should go and open it up. And so I, I go and open it up. And the back, behind, like taking the back off of it. Taking yeah. the back off the frame, which I'd never done before. Why would you? Um, I, I don't know. Well, like some people replace photos, you know, yeah, after yeah. using, but I never did. So I open up the frame and underneath the photo is this handwritten letter that's like, I don't know if we'll grow apart. I don't know if we'll still be friends, but if we're not friends and you open this and you see this letter, here is like my contact information. Here's my parents' contact information. Please reach out to me (laughs) in case we're not in touch anymore. And it just, I was like, oh my gosh, this has been sitting here for years, this letter. (laughs) And it, like touched me so much that high school Helen had thought of that to make sure that even if we had lost touch, that we'd still be together. And then on the flip side of that, the fact that we were just on the phone talking about it, that we were still in touch, we were still very close friends years later, 
that we had somehow stayed together, stayed in contact, even though I had never known that letter was there. I just, it was really a wonderful moment for me to like see that letter. Do you remember why, do you remember your thought process behind that, Helen, in terms of? Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. I definitely do. Um, I remember like make, first of all, making the decision to go out of state for college. I knew, I knew a lot of people that were doing that, but I also knew that it meant I was going to be more apart from a lot of the high school group um, than maybe other people who were going in state. Um, and I was fine with that. I was like, well, I'll run to the people I'm supposed to. I remember saying goodbye to like certain people and being like, well, I, I will probably never see you again. And people I really loved and thought highly of like um, Alette. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Like I, I, and I, and I truly haven't seen her since high school and I just thought she was like awesome. But Allison was one where I was like, I could see our lives going in really different directions and like well-meaning. I could just well-meaning to stay in touch. But what if we don't? I was like, Mm -hmm. what if we don't? What if she gets, ends up going out of state or something changes? And I just thought, well, how cool would it be like if in probably in my mind, I was like, if in five years, cause that probably seemed like an eternity, but like five, 10, 15 years, if we aren't in touch that maybe just maybe here's this little safeguard. Cause I was a hundred percent sure that we would still connect. Uh-huh. Like, even if we hadn't talked in 10 years, yeah. I was like a hundred percent positive that you and I would be able to like pick up a friendship no matter where we were in our lives and, and enjoy it. So I think that was, that and the romantic in me. I just I've read a lot of <laughs> Anna Frank Gables and stuff in my life. So um. that is amazing. Um yeah. one of my questions, which I think you answered, was that multiple friends of Allison have remarked how they truly enjoyed Helen, your friendship. Um, or we're very sad that, like, Diana in our previous podcast yeah. was very sad. That, oh, I know. Oh, I've been meaning to email her since I listened to that. <laughs> Diana, call me anytime. I love you, too. Yeah. Um, or even Lisa, uh, your uh, yeah. call up, sorry, vet school, grad, vet school roommate. roommate. Yeah. Also, like, hung out with you, even though, like, yeah. really your connective tissue of Allison wasn't there. Yeah. So I just think, um, I think that story really exemplifies kind of the, the thoughtfulness and intentionality you have. Oh approach in a lot of your friendships. So that's really awesome. Look, I'm crossing this question off. Okay. (laughs) To be fair, Allison knows some really interesting people. I mean, I feel the same way about people like Lisa and Diana. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, I want to, you know, come and see me sometime. Yeah. Let's hang out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or you can start your own podcast. I'm just saying. Oh yeah. Sean and I have talked about it. Oh, I'm sure he has lots of things. You know, no, No, it's really me. I have like 800 ideas. What better day to start? I have a name for it. The, oh, don't, oh and don't, name give, don't give it away don't give it away <laughs> oh i'm not I, after we're done recording please uh, yeah. tell me i will tell you you'll laugh so hard okay i'm yeah. just saying i um i might have already recorded a special uh may the fourth edition podcast uh oh, that'll come out on may 4th um, oh. awesome. so. fun fun little fact i'm just gonna put in there um may 4th before it really took off on the internet is star wars day um 10 years ago this may 4th was the day sean proposed to me Oh, so was this, that? this May 4th marks 10 years and wow. it was not because it was May, May the 4th, 4th. I was it was ask. we were at the lake for a spring weekend mm-hmm. like to do just to hang out um and this is Flathead Lake Flathead Lake yeah and he in had Montana wanted for... to propose to me at Flathead Lake mm-hmm. and and it was a weekend we were there on our own in the spring and 
he had been waiting all weekend for the perfect opportunity and we were leaving on May 4th. And so the car was like all packed and he knew he had just mere minutes left to propose to me at the lake. So it wasn't intentionally. And it's also my parents' anniversary, which he did not plan. It's their wedding. <laughs> oh, anniversary. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, Perfect. So anyway, so fun on your May the 4th special edition. You can just, just know that we'll be celebrating 10 years since we got engaged. Which well, is congratulations. Yes. What a beautiful segue into married life. Um, so uh, <laughs> in terms of, uh, Allison, do you feel like your relationship or your friendship with Helen changed once like Sean like entered the picture? Or oh my gosh. A, I think I've told this story to Helen a few times. Hopefully I'm not surprising her. But when Helen first started dating Sean, she's very excited and I was excited for her. And then there was a weekend, I don't even know how it came about, but there was a weekend where it was Helen, Sean, and I, and I was meeting Sean for the first time. And we were in the car together, and Sean must have been nervous because he was just talking nonstop, and yeah. he annoyed the shit out of me. <laughs> like, I could not get this guy to stop talking, and I was just like, oh my gosh, this guy is so annoying. And I remember thinking that day when I met him that, oh, I hope this isn't forever. Like, I hope oh my gosh, this relationship is, is over you have in like this. two months because I cannot stand this guy. <laughs> he was just, and thank God it was just like him being nervous and, uh, you know, him talking a bunch. Um, yeah. But then, you know, after that day, um, Helen just kept talking about, Sean all the time and how wonderful he was and in my head all I could think about was this guy that just like wouldn't stop talking in the car <laughs> and then finally I was visiting them again um, at Sean's apartment that Helen had recently moved into and Helen and I were talking and Sean was so sweet and nice and was just like can I get you guys anything like what can I do for you and Helen had such the biggest smile on her face. And there, it was so obvious how much they loved each other already. And I think you guys had only been dating for less than a year. Like, a, yeah. you know, like long enough that you guys were, had moved in or were thinking about moving in together. Mm -hmm. I yeah. can't remember. Maybe I'm mixing it up. But, um, and I was like, We didn't oh. really have an official move in together. Yeah. It just yeah. kind of came about. Yeah. But I remember thinking like how much they already loved each other and how happy Helen was and I'd never seen her with a guy that made her so happy and I was like oh shit this is it <laughs> and like of course now I have to love this guy like look how happy he makes her like and I fell in love with Sean and I was just like god this is the guy and yeah. ever since that moment I have loved Sean wholeheartedly and he is not the guy I remember in that car ride because it was just, I don't know. Yeah, he does talk a lot when he's nervous. Yeah. Especially yeah. new people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally can imagine that. And it's, I think it's kind of hard to separate, like, when you ask, like, did our friendship change when I got married? I mean, it's, I was not living in Portland really before that. I was living in Eastern Oregon. And then I really did, I say that I come back because of my own decisions, whatever, but I really came back because of this relationship. Sean and I had been long distance, mm -hmm. Portland and, and Eastern Oregon. And so I think even though 
Allison, I think you were still in Corvallis. I was in Corvallis. But then I was closer, so I feel like we could, like, you came up more and I could go down there more. And so I feel like those were good years. They're really good. I I almost feel like I got slightly closer with Helen. Yeah. And I don't know if that's dating Sean. Right. Was it because I was dating Sean or was it because I was back in like Portland or was it Mm -hmm. because I was just really like happy with what I had? I don't know exactly, but um, it was just a good time. Like I was in a good place Mm -hmm. and yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, you were just, again, so happy. And that, I don't know. And I I got like a teaching job. Yeah. Everything just seemed to be falling in place. And I was going to veterinary school and really happy, sort of. And like, sort of, yeah. Veterinary school happy. Yeah. Um, And Sean was just really supportive of everything Helen did, whether it was friendships or her job or Mm -hmm. anything. And he was such an amazing guy that he made hanging out so easy. Um, I remember we went out one night to, there was a karaoke bar and we all got really drunk and Sean made sure that my hair didn't catch on fire as I was standing underneath like a heat lamp and got yeah. close to it. <laughs> it was like and, yeah. yeah. And then like made sure the bartender gave me my credit card and ID back. Mm-hmm. Like he was just an amazing person. And I think, um, having that relationship for Helen mm-hmm. and having that support, not that it, we would have been friends regardless, but it just made things so much easier and happier for us all. Awesome. All right. Let's fast forward a little bit then um, to um, parenthood. Yeah. So I know, I, I do know that I feel like that you've talked about how, um, when Helen had a child, that definitely affected your friendship. Yeah. I mean, I think for anyone that, you know, where you're used to not having kids and then all of a sudden one person has kids, it changes things just like for Diana and I, it's changed things some. So yeah. And, and it's, mm-hmm. and it's okay. Like I just yeah. want to say, like it can be hard. Um, but it's like that. I think people who try to hold a pres- hard to preserve everything from like pre-kid days that's when you find yourself just like all over but yeah it um you know I had kids before pretty much anyone else I knew had kids Mm. and I didn't it's not like I was having kids early I was three days short five days short of being 30 when I had Marianne but it was still just because I have friends who are you know professionals and establishing careers and things I was still the first. And so I was kind of, and for myself, kind of, I didn't have a friend example of what, mm-hmm. what it looked like. And it was definitely hard. Cause I definitely knew that I had friends who were supportive, but I didn't feel like I had friends who knew. knew or yeah. Got it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. That were like, no, no, you must be really tired. And I'm like, I'm so, you know, I <laughs> like, you I'm so tired. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we're, we're going through that a lot too. And um, we went through that a lot too, just with, within just our Seattle friend group, certainly we're the, mm-hmm. the first to have yeah. kids too. So tell me, tell me more about that experience in terms of, so yeah. it was, you said it was tiring yeah. and kind of isolating. What else do you remember from those, um, those days? You know, it, that is definitely, it is definitely a blur because um, you are so much in survival, but I do, I do remember just feeling really like it, right. Parenthood is this, this range of emotions. So I, I have this person that I'm holding that I love more than anything I ever 
thought I could love in the world. And at the same time, I'm feeling really like isolated and insecure. Your body feels shot. You're not getting enough sleep for rational thought. I was, I was telling Sean I had meetings at work half an hour earlier than I did so that I could sleep in the parking lot um, like before work started um, so that I could be like a rational math teacher <laughs> instead of irrational <laughs> numbers. Um, uh, yeah. uh, sorry. That's that why everyone loves Helen. My best. Um, but, um, but on top of that, I, I could no longer have full conversations. Like what I'm doing now was not an option because there's breastfeeding, because there's just your brain doesn't work right because when your baby cries, they need you. And I felt like I, I was just barely like clinging to friendships with just little snippets of conversation or just little drive-bys. And then even as like Marianne got older, and was like one, one and a half. Suddenly she was walking and in constant danger of killing herself. <laughs> um, and that was maybe even harder because I would go to like a barbecue or um, mm. be at Flathead Lake or something. And everyone would be like sitting around chatting and I'd like turn to someone to say something. And then my daughter would run off and I, I just, I couldn't finish that thought. I'd have to be chasing her and I'd be watching. I'd be like in the corner at the barbecue, like by the rock pile where the one-year-old is playing with rocks and like being alone and like just wishing like someone would come over and talk to me and like looking at everybody mm-hmm. off at the other side, like near the hot, dangerous barbecue that my one-year-old can't be near and thinking, so this is my life now. Like I, I no longer have, and I didn't, I couldn't comprehend that it would change that like Marianne would get older and that she would she would grow out of this and that she would become, you know, like, it's just hard to imagine because when you're in it, you guys know when you're in it, it feels forever because you can't really imagine your tiny little person older than they are because it's just unreal. Like mm-hmm. you're just doing, you're working so hard to keep that tiny person. So I just remember it just being a really tricky time in general. And I, I just didn't have a lot of extra like emotional. I also just didn't have a lot of extra emotional, like, give to like give to other people because I was pretty drained and my sister was in law school and she needed a lot from me and so like pretty much any extra ounce I had to give I kind of gave to her um yeah I'm gonna be moving I have to get a power cord sorry no problem Um, so yeah so that's kind of what I remember from like the early years with um with Marianne Um, but that kind of actually sums up well (laughs) what I was talking about right toddlers because you're in like survival mode all the time yeah yeah Yeah. so um yeah so I had Marianne and uh I should find I actually was just looking back at like old like pictures and I have all the pictures because of course with Marianne especially like Mm -hmm. everybody came to visit it was really nice and I needed it and I have these pictures of people holding Marianne and most of them had didn't have kids themselves and oh, Allison wow, yeah you look so awkward so stiff I didn't realize it at the time but like and you like looked so nice like you were yeah. like so together and I was like Bleh. like I was just this like new mom I just turned 30. Like, I just, no I remember that picture I remember that moment because I remember being like I don't know how and to you hold have nephews and, and like, stuff but yeah I I, I know but and, and I helped them. I don't know why. I just felt super. I think it was because it was the first time I'd held 
Yeah. Like, like a, a super newborn. newborn. Yeah. I guess yeah. I held Eric as a newborn, but I just always felt it's, so awkward. And it is a really strange babies. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I've never loved holding a baby as much as much as I love holding my own. Yeah. Kids, and but... and I, I feel very natural holding Wes now, but even yeah. after Wes, when someone gave me their newborn yeah. and I was holding it, I was still like, why is this still awkward? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I think it's take, like, Char- like since having Charlie, I think I've gotten even more relaxed Yeah, because the second one definitely, you just have to be, you can't, right. you can't be as obsessed and worried about like every little detail mm-hmm. you've read in parenting magazines and on yeah. blogs. You just mm-hmm. kind of have to like, so anyway, yeah. So I would say, I think like most new parents discover, um, you just, you just kind of, you're, I, I remember somewhere around like the fourth month I was back from my maternity leave and it suddenly like hit me. I was just like alone in my room. Like it's never going back to normal. I think there's this first few months where you're like, if we can just get them sleeping, like you think you're going to establish some routines and like find normal. And I was like, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, Oh, this is normal now. Like it's never going to look like it did four months ago. Like no matter how organized I get, no matter how good my feeding schedule is, no matter like it just isn't. And that was, that was, um, I think like strange and then kind of freeing in some ways. Like I stopped trying to make it look like what it had, but I definitely couldn't like go and visit people anymore. Like I couldn't just pop down to Corvallis. Um, Yeah. I just couldn't, I just couldn't do all those things. Yeah. I remember talking to Diana about this, like as the friend on the other side who doesn't have kids, you have no idea how to, I don't know, even though I feel like it should be obvious, you have no idea how to support your friend who just had a baby. You just have no idea what they need and you want to be there for them. But at the same time, you don't have that ability to commiserate and just know how they are. I mean, think of how we supported each other in the past before kids. It was like, we're going to get together. We're going to stay up till 2 a.m. We're going to drink wine. We maybe we'll go out. And none of the, like these things that stopped being options, right? right? Like it seems obvious now, like probably what I needed and I didn't know was like someone to send me meals and someone Mm -hmm. to like pay for a housekeeper for a week. And so like, (laughs) but how could, like those weren't, that wasn't how we had supported each other you know it was like and I I wanted what I had before right I wanted to be able to stay up to 2 a.m and not Mm -hmm. have it be irresponsible I wanted Mm -hmm. to you know be able to breastfeed and not have to do this like pump and dump bullshit that they're like telling you to do like yeah yeah so it was it was different it was um yeah it was an adjustment and a change and um and it still is. I mean, I keep mm-hmm. every, every month is different. Every year mm-hmm. is different. The kids grow, they change. And I redefine, you know, what, well, like being yeah. able to come up into Seattle with yeah. the two kids, yeah. like that just felt awesome and liberating. And um, I'm okay with the idea that a lot of my travel in the future will be with kids because I mm-hmm. enjoy spending time with them. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy that I can form, that I can take the relationships I care about and have my kids included in those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it matters. And yeah. I feel like now there's this awe of how do other parents do it with two kids? <laughs> you know, For like sure. yeah. now that I have one child, I yeah. look at Helen like, shit, how is she doing? I know. And your sister has kids? three. I don't know. Ugh. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. No, yeah. I know. <laughs> I mean, she loves them all, but I'm sure it's been hard. I'm sure yeah. she's had good times and hard times, yeah. but like, um, no, two is, it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. Um, and it's lovely and delightful in many ways, but, and there's also something that feels really like <laughs> when you have the second and you're up late at night 
and you're going through all this stuff that you do in those first like three, four months, Mm -hmm. especially. And there's this, I remember this part of my brain being like, I didn't know on the first one, but I knew on the second one. And like, (laughs) I did it willingly. Like I like, I like, I knew that this was coming. And so like, with the first one, you kind of be like, I had no idea what to expect. And it's so much harder, but like, you can't say that on the second. (laughs) Um, So it's just, yeah. And, and, and that isn't right. I remember, cause I pretty much told you I was pregnant when you told me that you were getting married. Yes. Right. And so I was like, I was really sensitive to the fact, I don't know if you know this, but like, I remember you talking about how hard it was when your sister first had kids and that you're like, I can't talk to her on the phone. And I remember being really worried. I like when I had Marianne, Mm-hmm. That, that that you were going to feel that same kind of thing that you would like mm-hmm. worried about with your sister towards me, but I, I didn't have the energy or like the mental capacity. Cause I, you know, because, right. because newborn, um, yeah. to like necessarily fix it. And I remember feeling, I think that like, and you weren't the only person who ever said that to me by any means, but I think that's part of what was so hard. Like when I couldn't have a long phone conversation with someone right. or finish a thought is like, I knew I almost could hear the narrative in my non-kid friend's mind of, I just can't even talk to Helen anymore. And it like broke my heart a little bit, even though I know my friends understood and I know that they were there for me. um, I didn't like, like feeling I had let anyone down. Mm -hmm. That was a strange time too. Yeah. Mm. But, um, but yeah, so I remember when I told you and you're like, I'm getting married. And I was like, so I'm pregnant. I was like, but I promise like I'll be at the bachelorette party. I promise I'll be at the wedding. I, it's all going to be good. Um, mm-hmm. And it was. And it was. It was amazing. It worked out. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Actually, I had no worries about that at all when oh, you told good. me you were pregnant. Yeah. Oh, that's I was like, awesome. yeah, you'll be there. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, don't worry. I'm going to make it happen. And um, Diana pulled off some of me. Like she pulled off that amazing bachelorette party and stuff like that. And I was glad I could yeah. just come along for the ride. I could not yeah. keep up with you guys, but yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. I don't know. Yeah. I am. Um, I am very empathetic to kind of when you rewinding a little bit to like your first child and just like not being able to hang out with your friends anymore. was something that really hit me hard. I think right around uh, the new year this year, just in terms of, for my group of friends, like, yeah, definitely we hung out and I caught up with them when we'd go out to house parties or I say house parties, but like going to each other's houses and drinking or like going out late at night or just like spontaneously meeting. And that was spontaneous, right? The spontaneous goes away. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, oh no, well, mm, no. Uh, So that was really hard for me. And I think for some of my closer friends, it was, um, exact same thing right supportive but just not understanding what kind of support I needed and it was hard for me to kind of ask for that kind of support so definitely there was some a little bit of friction there with some of my friends so um so I'm just going roughly chronologically at this point but I also want to be cognizant of uh, Allison's (laughs) time to turn both of your times to turn it up oh yeah I'm good for a little while that's good um so I guess I'm always a little curious so uh a uh, about uh, me entering the picture in terms of, of Allison's mm-hmm. life. Um, do you, Helen, remember any conversation? Granted, you were in the oh, yeah. good, but like, oh, no, of, I didn't know you were gonna. Of me, me entering or what she spoke about this this guy that she was yeah. kind of yeah. seeing, not seeing, kind of seeing. I like was cracking up. Um, for anyone who hasn't listened to the Diana episodes, you need to. I want. I wanted to talk into that conversation so bad because I was like. <laughs> dang, she was having the same conversations with me. Like all the, like, I met this guy and, and he's so great. Did it up. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. 
Um, and me being like, you gotta relax. You gotta just have some fun. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I think it, Allison likes, you like to know before you move forward, right? Like right. I remember analyzing it at the time. It was like before you, I remember before you went to vet school, um, you went to like a panel of like students, current vet students. And, and you, I just remember you being like, I just, no one could tell me like what it's like. Like, I guess be like, what, but what is it like? But what is it like? But, but, but what's hard about it? And they would like give you some answers, but you wanted to basically like get a virtual reality. Right. Like, yeah. Right. No answer was really going to satisfy you. And I remember being like, ah, oh, she's just kind of like vet school paneling the situation with Jason. Like, but what, if, but what will our future be like? Like, what will it, how do I know? How do I know this is the one? Like, how do I know it's forever? And how um, do you feel succinctly <laughs> describe me in a way that like embarrasses me because no, I know how true it is. It's also the secret to your success, right? I mean, you you've thought you've thought through many things, and you've had to. You don't yeah. have the same safety net that everyone, many Perfect. people um, who are to the level of success that you are, have had mm. to get them there. Yeah. You didn't always have that. It's something I very much admire about you, that you took many leaps of faith, not knowing for sure that you had a financial or even like a physical home safety net um, there for you if it didn't go well. And yeah. so I think there's a reason that you ask those questions and you need to know it's going to go well. And so I definitely respected that you were really thinking it through with Jason, but I just remember being like, like you'd be like, <laughs> You would just be like, and he makes me so happy and da, 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 but I don't know. And I was like, I, you, like, you need to back up. You need to just listen to the first part of that and then like go with that. And I do remember the whole, like him asking you to make it serious and you being like, no, and then being like, yes. And I, I, I remember you going through all that. Um, I think you talk about knowing when I looked at Sean with love, I will just never forget at the lake when, um, here comes Marianne, um, at the lake when you guys were, um, you guys had showed up with your tent and all your gadgets <laughs> and, and I was like, Ugh, all these gadgets. And then, and you were like so happy with them. And like, you guys were setting up your soda stream and you had your like iPads so you could watch like the Seahawks game. So you weren't going to miss the Seahawks game. That's true. Right. And, um, and I was like, oh my gosh, but you guys were so, you were creating this little world and you were both so happy in it. And it's when the two of you were at the sink doing dishes, like singing in harmony as if no one else was in the cabin. And it was lovely singing and it was awesome. But I could see this little world that you guys had created and it was beautiful. It was just, beautiful wonderful world and um and I just I knew I knew that this was a safe place for you Allison that this relationship was like safe and secure and romantic and wonderful that it was like what I had always hoped for for you can you go turn on an audiobook in your room can you go downstairs to data I'm almost done with this tell data 10 more minutes <laughs> um no it like there's a lot of levels when I say like something safe for Allison but I mean just like I said like Allison is really amazing and strong and admirable because she did get herself through undergrad and through vet school um without many of the luxuries and safety nets that many middle class and upper middle class families provide to their children when they do that. And um, I remember thinking many times that it wasn't fair 
that she had to do that because she was too wonderful of a person. And I remember just wanting her to get through vet school when those, cause I just knew you needed to get through it so that you could find like your happiness. And I could see that you found it in Jason and that he, like when you would talk about like, Oh, he's always planning finances and he's always planning. I was like, mm, she's going to love that in the long term because <laughs> you, you, cause it was someone, because he was going to make sure for the long term, like that you guys were safe and happy in your life forever and that you guys had what you needed forever. So beyond the love, he was going to make sure that you had the like the basic material needs around the two of you to be secure and and just happy and everything you did and to enjoy life, to buy good wine, to go traveling, to like, <laughs> he was this really interesting person that, you know, traveled and did all these wonderful things, but at the same time was like sensible and got things done. And I just, I could just see that it was like what you needed on so many levels. Um, and it was just the right person. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Those are wonderful things you just said. <laughs> yeah. I hope it all made sense. It did. It, it warms did. me just like the wine. <laughs> yeah. Mm, wow. I have a lot more questions, but I definitely want to be respectful of Marianne's time. <laughs> um, so I will skip over the stay-at-home parent stuff, but I only if you promise that you will arrange another phone date. I would uh, happily, I feel like okay. it is its own conversation, like separate from the like Allison yeah, and my yeah, relationship, yeah. but uh -huh. it, I have definitely gotten a new perspective this year that I'd be happy to share. We'll do it. Cause I'm sure Allison would just love to just chat with you as well mm -hmm. with it, with that not enough podcast context. Yeah. yeah. So I will wrap it up, but say, uh, yeah. do you have any short questions, short questions? For I know, us? you know, I was, I did at one point, um, uh, I will just, I think one was just like, how's it going? You guys, Wes, <laughs> what Wes great. is getting, you know, he's passed, I think the hard newborn. He's so adorable yeah. and sweet. He's like a little person now. Just, how's it going for the two of you? Generally good. Today was a hard day for Allison. I, I mean, today was her day off. So she watched yeah. Wes. Um, and so, you know, I'm at work and, uh, he, he had a really hard day. Yeah. I would say like, most, uh, you know, it wasn't anything really that, like, it would, let's start from the beginning. Um, most days are good, and yeah. I really enjoy being a mom, and he's uh, just, I mean, I've only raised one child, but he seems really good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But today was just tough because I was telling Jason that he wasn't napping well, and yeah. during the day, I chose self-care over his needs, like, mm -hmm from the, you know, the start. And then that made me feel really guilty as a mom that I was choosing to exercise instead of running to his crib when he was crying. Right. No, I know, um, but you have to do that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then I was also like mourning my past life of being healthy and like mm -hmm. feeling good about my body. Mm -hmm. And so it was just all these things that came to a head. And I thought I was through like, I don't think you can call it postpartum depression anymore. I'm sure <laughs> just you like this, like, mom yeah, depression. I still have I it. Yeah. Of, like, <laughs> of just, like, ah, oh, this is shitty, and I don't, I don't want to be a parent today. I just, like, yeah, don't feel That's it. one of the hard parts. Um, so we, I still have those days, and today was one of those days. Yeah. And it was just really tough. And thankfully, like, when you have, I don't know how single parents do it, but thankfully when you have a partner of, I'm just going to text you to give you a heads up <laughs> of where yeah. I am mentally because I am checking out and like, I yeah. am just not feeling mm -hmm. it today. So. Yeah. But I would say on the whole, I mean, you and I have had conversations mm -hmm. where, you know, this is kind of this 
finally feeling this like love of this little yeah. human being who's like definitely it's starting it gets... to display his personality and mm-hmm. being yeah. independent and fussy sometimes. Yeah. But I think that's been yeah. I think I can say for us that yeah. it's been good. Well, I think we're enjoying yeah. being parents a right. bit more yeah. of it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, uh, it just yeah. gets more fun. I will say mm-hmm. that I think one thing I'm really looking forward to and I want to be like really deliberate about is like our families and our children's lives like kind of crossing and intertwining so that they they know each other. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm excited. Like, like, yeah, it was fun to get up to Seattle. I'm excited you guys are coming down. It's like mm-hmm. why yeah. when we're driving to Ritzville or Montana, like I'd rather take the extra hour and come through Seattle yeah. and yeah. just have these like, again, I think one thing I've learned as a parent with friendships, the biggest thing is like, take the, take the small moments when you can, because it may mm-hmm. not be those long nights where you're up till 2 AM, mm-hmm. but those little like flyby moments and those little connections, that's, what's going to set you up for when it is easier and then you can come back into those friendships. So I'm just looking mm-hmm. forward to like our lives continuing to crisscross and our kids knowing each other. Yes. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Maybe they'll also make drama signs together. And yeah. Listen to, to me. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Helen, I do. Uh, I am definitely going to get you on the podcast again. And we're going to talk about yeah. speaking at our wedding, which I remember being really lovely. Yes. Um, I would love to talk about that. And then definitely a lot about stay at home parenting. So, okay. Um, but in the meantime, the I'm, not even gonna, I'm not going to yeah. even ask you about things you want to promote, like books or things like that, because um, I'm sure you'll do that next time. But anyways, thank you so much. For- like my books or like things I think people should read? <laughs> uh, either. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't have any books, so I'll stick with things I think people should read. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're a one for your Maybe by the next program. podcast, uh, you will have a book. I'm, I'm going to work on it right now. I would not put it past you of writing yeah. some sort of fantasy length um, novel. Anyways. It's going to be uh, awesome. When we go off recording, I'll tell you the name of my podcast. Okay. I'm going to stop the recording now, but thank you again. And we'll hear from you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode. You can subscribe and rate this podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and on our host, Anchor FM. Music used for this podcast includes Live Wire by Steve Combs, With a Whimper by Josh Woodward, and Olivia by Heisen. You can email us at halfthefunpodcast at gmail.com and send us voicemails through the Anchor FM app. You can check out more photos and commentary about this episode on our website, halfthefun.fun. That's halfthefun.fun. And like us on Facebook. Want to be on the show? Drop us a line. See you next week.